pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left versus Gama Sutra. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Anne Scantlebury. And I'm Michael Fredrickson. Who has subbed in from Jen Frank. Michael, you'll be doing the evening shows. That's right. Why have we chosen you for the evening? Because I am a creature of the night. It's because you're too raw for the afternoon. I'm incapable of speaking when the sun is up. We already have an amazing panel for this evening show. My goodness, I feel like I'm about to conduct the best interview ever. Let's have the whole panel say hi to Steve on three. One, two, three... Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. I like that. I feel special. Representing Gamasuta, Chris Graft is back. Good evening. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm uh, not great. Why? What's wrong? I don't know. It's not really like uh, I'm not depressed or anything. It's just uh, I'm really, really tired because of the, the things that you guys get me into during GDC week. What, doing excellent radio? And sleep experiments. Describe what Chris is wearing. Paint a picture for our listeners. Chris is wearing a black t-shirt and he has cut the label off of a San Miguel beer and glued it to the shirt with, I think, a paste that he steamed off an envelope. That's exactly right. Very perceptive. Second up, Thomas Bideau. Hello. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm right. A bit tired like everybody, I think. I see. Everyone's flagging and it's only day one? Day two? Day, day three? three. <laughs> I, I started the days all merge into one. <laughs> yeah, I started on day, on day one, so I'm, it's day three now. Okay, excellent. How's it going for you? All right, all right. Okay. Having fun? Good. Thomas is wearing a shirt with a, oh my, a pirate tiger that is about to do something unspeakable to a young ninja. <laughs> your, your, your cultural reference are really liking. You can't recognize, like, Calvin and Hobbes playing Street Fighter 2. I'm like, ah, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> well, get ready. <laughs> You're going to be even more disappointed. Guest number three is Anthony Johnston. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Steve. You were going to join us last night, weren't you? I was, and you then had I had to run away. More pressing to yeah, uh, I'm totally sorry. completely understandable. Yeah, well, you know, actual friends. Was the thing you left for 
better than us? Uh, can w- I take the fifth? Was since it worth we're it? in America? Okay, was it worth it? Uh, can I take the fifth since <laughs> we're in America? <laughs> you yes. can do. And finally on our panel, Sarah Bryn. Oh, hi. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Very, very, very excited to be here. We should explain where we are, I suppose. Paint a picture again. Oh, you haven't described what people are wearing. Uh, Anthony and Sarah are both wearing masks of the other person, which is making this very (laughs) Which is great, because we've never met before. It was just pretty serendipitous. Yeah. These things happen. We're in America. (laughs) Home of masks. We are in America, home of masks. We're also in the Moscone North, at the foot of the escalators, mm-hmm. which is where we've been placed. I think that this is a better position than we uh, were yeah, so last la- year. Last year we were uh, beside the escalators and couldn't see people full face on. The escalator's about as wide as an interstate highway, and there's a whole inverted layer cake of terrace drywall above it with neon and uh, nerds going both up and down. Anne and I actually witnessed a man doing power squats on the way <laughs> down incredible. the escalator. That's how big that escalator is. You can be doing exercise whilst you're travelling down it. Yeah. All in all, it's a great place to confer. Shall we have some conferring right now? Some specific conferring. I'm ready for some power squats. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, what brings you to GDC? What do you do? What do I do? Why do you do it? Why why I do it? What is the point Uh, of life uh, for you? I, I, you know, I I do boring stuff. I do business in... I'm doing consulting for online game companies and I help them do more business and monetization and... All these kind of sort of things. Doesn't like, sound very boring. boring. Money's not boring. It's a little boring. It's, it's boring compared to like making games and adventures and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, what do you games. find interesting about it? It's got to uh, be something. I, I like video games and I'm not good at making them, so I'm trying to do something where I'm useful. The so. thing is, we like money and we're not good at making that. So yeah, that's where I come in. I try to. So yeah, uh, could you make us some money? Uh, uh, well, sure. sure. Let's do a hypothetical. <laughs> how, how would you how would you monetize Michael? Yeah. I would monetize Michael. Um, interesting. Let me uh, just show you everything I'm oh, working with here. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something to do there, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, By the hour uh, first. You could sell ad <laughs> space on my skin. <laughs> well, how many tattoos do you already have? Zero. Oh, cool. See, you know, you know, marketing, you know, we can use you as an advertising for a number of things. So with all this uh, pointing to my beautiful about- body was available as ad space, Yeah. how would you... Halo. Get people to buy you know, space. I would go for Halo 5, you know. It's, I'm sure there's uh, <laughs> something to be done there. Now how would you convince them to market on me? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> okay, I, now, I would go with in-Michael purchases. Ma- <laughs> 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 uh, I was just going to say I'm amazed nobody's made the free-to-play joke yet. <laughs> Thomas, okay, well, are you are you, uh, are you speaking at GDC? Yeah, so I already spoke at GDC. Oh, really? I was I, I, I spoke on Monday during the Indie Game Summit. That would be uh, day minus two. That did day by minus our, two by our numbering convention. Exactly, and and that's why I'm I'm you know already tired. Um, <laughs> I did this. Um, so my business is online games, but my speech was nothing to do with that. It's my personal obsession, which is Kickstarter. Okay, I, I like Kickstarter. So I, I what are you what are you what are you obsessed about? <sighs> Well, you know, okay, there's a connection with online game, which is communities. I like, you know, seeing people get closer to the games and getting involved into the games and the opportunity that, you know, Kickstarter gives and all the illusion of, you know, so for some projects. And, and, and also, I'm being a business person 
funding is a big topic for people I work with. You know, where do you get the money? Go to VC, you know, go to the suits or you go to the nerds, you know. And um, Kickstarter is opening lots of opportunities, but I'm also a number person. You know, I love Excel and spreadsheets. Give me a number you like. 42. Good one. <laughs> actually, I have, actually, I have a question to ask you. Um, so there's Kickstarter and uh, there's also equity crowdfunding. In which you're, in, instead of just getting like the free, the, the soundtrack for donating towards a game project, you will get a cut of the revenue. So, what do you think? Is there some kind of future there that will wreck the whole um, kind of mystique of crowdfunding? I, I think you, the way you put the question kind of answers it. <laughs> okay, all right, next. <laughs> I, I, I think it sucks. I think it's. Uh, I think I like Kickstarter because there's some magic in it, and I think when you start to talk about you know revenue share and and, and equity, all kinds of stuff, you kind of kill the magic. I, it, and I, it does work for other industries, but for games, people will do it, and maybe people will will make it work. But for me, it it kind of like goes against the the. the the concept itself, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like that. Well, it'd be though, it'd be like a reward tier. Um, I wouldn't mind if I was somebody who was pledging because instead of getting, you know, a free T-shirt or a T-shirt, you know, I would get, I don't know, a, a check for like. 15 bucks or whatever after <laughs> I don't know I don't, I don't a, a negative check you and you can buy a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. you just go in massive debt from a yeah. so you were, you were saying about um, how you uh, about community do you think that people funding games makes them feel a part of a community do you think it makes it stronger or do you think that people do you think people have a sense of ownership of a game so I uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little bit of background. I also ran a Kickstarter campaign last year for okay. one of my clients, uh, UK studio called Born Ready, uh, Born Ready Games, uh, for a game called Strike Suit Zero. Uh, and, and so I've seen first-hand campaigns as well mm-hmm. on top of running the numbers and observing kind of like the phenomenon. And yes, they definitely feel entitled. They definitely feel that they are part of something. Um, they are not part. It doesn't create a community in the sense that suddenly they all belong to one group and they're happy all together. They actually sometimes hate each other. Uh, oh, no. Uh, well, yeah. Well, because they, you, a lot of Kickstarter sales, they are selling a dream, and your dream and my dream, if they don't really kind of like match, is we maybe we are going to kind of like try to convince those people making that game to go more in my direction than your direction. So sometimes they they, they hate each other. But the, the the other thing that comes with community is that. Successful Kickstarter projects always come from an existing community, whether you realize it or not. Whether it's like you know old school RPG or you know uh, point and click adventure games, and and the community of people like that. So do you think that it has to be something that is that is already existing? If you come up with a new, a brand new idea, do you think that that so there, there could be a ne- like a negative community? <laughs> no, well, uh, I don't really know mm-hmm. what that would be. Oh, I can think Ghosts. of a <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> Have you played any competitive game? <laughs> um, I no, I don't think there's negative community. It's just like multiple communities trying to to live next to each other and try to to survive with with each other. I, I the thing is the. Uh, if you have a brand new ID and nobody knows about it before you actually launch it, and the, the Kickstarter is not going to create a community for you. It's not, it's not, there's no discovery on Kickstarter. You need 
you need uh, a catalyst. It could be an existing community. It could be because positive journalists. Negative. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm gonna kickstart this hate crime. <laughs> well, the, the Death Star is being kickstarted at the moment. You know, they they have three hundred thousand pounds. So I like, I would like to uh, to to talk about Kickstarter and how it relates to a project that we're considering working on. And I'd really like the view from all of the panel on this this game. See, earlier today we noticed a thread already developing in the uh, One Life Love shows we've recorded at GDC. It's a nice thread, isn't it? It is a nice thread. It's something that keeps coming up again and again amongst the community that it attends so GDC. Cool. It's hugging. There's actually already a hugging game. It's called Big Huggin'. So, uh, Steve, we didn't really look into this deep enough. Next time. <laughs> you, you, it's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. There's a, it's made by a designer named Lindsay Grace, and there's, the controller is just a big teddy bear, and you hug it to jump. Yeah, Steve it sounds looks, rubbish. Steve looks <laughs> described to you at so, home completely pretty devastated. <laughs> sounds sounds terrible. Ours is this is the brilliant. first time I've mentioned hugging and broken a dream in the same sentence. Listen, um, that's something. As, imagine you guys are the the publishers here. What I'm pitching isn't some old hat hug a teddy bear <laughs> nonsense, right? I get how you might want to use hug it, hugs to somehow attract publicity or just oh yeah we're building a we're talking next generation hugging multiplayer <laughs> hugging exactly imagine, you've got it imagine sexual tension at, at an office building up over months and months and the, the hug at the end of that tunnel how powerful I that could be hug at the end of the tunnel you see the thing in is, this game it would be a hug the, the thing is Sarah as much as I like to believe that hugging a teddy bear is the future of hugging games look I didn't make the game you can be as critical as you want <laughs> And I will be. <laughs> Our game is about the subtlety of hugging because there are loads of different types of hugs. Yes. There are the sort of hug you give to someone you don't really know but you're trying to show some sort of affection. There's the hug you give someone you haven't seen to so- seen for ages and there's the hug you described. The I haven't taken a shower hug? That one. Exactly. No, there are loads. We the talked sexual about sexual attention the hug, the hug for your estranged father. So let me tell you... The one where the other person's hands come around back and kind of cup your buttocks. That hug you give yourself when you're trying to pretend you're making out with someone who's not there. It's not a one-person... It's a single... Well, there's a single-player mode. It's a two-player game. It could be a single... It's predominantly a two-player game. So, listen, in a second I'm just going to pitch to Anthony because he's the only one taking me seriously. And by that I mean he's the only one away from a mic. (laughs) (laughs) So so we can't hear his criticism at the moment. So the way the game works, insofar as we've worked it out, is... Two Android devices or iOS devices, each player holds them in their hand and they embrace holding the device against the spine of the other person. And then depending on their success or failure of the hug detected by some technology that we haven't quite worked out yet, the device vibrates. Hmm. So can you win the hug? Is is it competitive? I don't know, Sarah. Oh, You'll just start you making out. That's can what you win a hug? Yeah. Aren't we all winners? I would say yes. Unless it's the shower hug. Have you ever been to Hollywood? All hugs are competitive there. The bro hug, where like the half handshake, half hug, that's really competitive. That's all about dominance and power play. How about that <laughs> hug when you don't know whether or not it's a handshake? <laughs> Yet? Right, right. <laughs> You're going for both? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
One Life Left versus Gama Sutra, live at GDC, discussing hugging games. Michael. Well, during the break, uh, I postulated that maybe a hug classification device would be in order. An HCD? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you could have it embedded in your skin or it could be in your smartphone and could rate your, the awkwardness and sincerity and sexual tension. Then you could save loadouts for your hugs and bring them up with different people. Would it vibrate? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, I want to make up. Uh, you know, I know that that hug pitching thing. It was rough. Why don't you do a hug? We're op- opposite ends of the table, and there's a reason for that. Remarkably, <laughs> somehow they're hugging. Um, Sarah, Sarah, you're doing something special at GDC, aren't you? Oh, thank you for thinking it's special. Um, yes, I am. I'm, I'm curating. I'm co-curating a one-day pop-up arcade at the SF MoMA, and it's it's called it's called Arcade. Not uh. screaming, more like a relaxed Ah. Uh. <laughs> um, uh. Oh. Oh no! Let's, let's, all, let's all try that one together. It's too hard. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. But the whole the whole premise of this show is that GDC can sometimes be a really really stressful place, and we we want to create a space where people can kind of come in and wind down a little bit. What is a re- tell me what a relaxing game is like? Maybe through example. We we have a pretty cool range of games. One of our games is a meditative chanting game. So um, we we've got Tibetan singing bowls as part of that game, and uh, it's by Robin Arnott. Can you like do that? Have you played it yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, I know I know which one you're talking about with the visualization uh-huh. and stuff. Like, can you chant like the kind of chanting that happens when you're playing the game? Oh no, no, Come no. On. I mean- <laughs> We just did. Uh, it's yeah, not going to be kind like, of, like that. Okay. It's kind of like that, and you know the, the visualizations respond according to how the the, the variations in your uh, are, are there <laughs> are there common things you found in the relaxing games? Because I feel like when you're being scored in many games, it's necessarily pretty stressful, or you're trying to optimize something. What do relaxing games do to combat that and chill you out? I think I think a lot of them aren't necessarily competitive. We have a tabletop RPG called Everything is Dolphins. <laughs> and that's the dolphin of hopes. Yeah, you do not yeah. find it relaxing. Um, and it's 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 um it's pretty much that's very an open world kind of game. We Doug Wilson uh, has a really wonderful sound installation from the game Mutazione that he's working on with Dico de Fabrique and um, it's so so these games aren't necessarily competitive but they are kind of they do encourage a sort of Exploration and collaboration, collaborative component. Exploration seems to be pretty meditative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. All right. Well, what are you trying to find? Peace. I just want some peace. No. Oh. And where are you exploring? Uh, often inside myself. It's just vacant. <laughs> Whoa! That went to places I didn't want to go. Thank goodness, this is an evening show. <laughs>
this is clam and terminated, Sarah Brin has left us. And we didn't have the heart to tell her that not quite everything is dolphins. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay because that means we can spend more time concentrating on Anthony Johnson. Anthony, thank you for so much. Uh, Thank you so much for being so patient. That's quite all right. And also, thank you for so much. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you for everything. Bow down before me, Peon. Uh, Please tell us why we should be so thankful for you. What have you done and why are you here? What have I done? I've managed to survive 40 years, which isn't bad. (laughs) Um, I write comics and video games, and so if you're a nerd, you've probably read or played something that I've been involved with, so you should be thankful for that. Wait, drop some names. Uh, I wrote the first Dead Space game uh, recently. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I wrote Zombie U, which just came out at the end of last year, which you may have heard of. Quite a big deal. Um, I wrote Daredevil for a year or so at Marvel, uh, Marvel Comics, that is, and I do a science fiction series called Wasteland which is reasonably popular pretty heavy names to pick up <laughs> so like it. It, it would be very beneficial to us to have excellent people on, on our team making our game um, the hugs game yeah the yeah, hugs yeah. game yeah. and since you have such a great back catalogue will you make our game for us I can only write it I'm afraid you don't what want to let me near the code. What character that you have written would be the most difficult to hug? Uh, <laughs> that would probably be the guy from Dead Space, Isaac. Have you seen the armor that he wears? <laughs> sure. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty unhuggable. I know a necromorph. I would say that that'd be pretty well, hard but to I hug didn't really. There's nothing to write with the necromorphs. They just kind of go. Ah, Maybe it's because I mean, no one, no one's hugged them. Well, as a writer, <laughs> as a writer though, you've got to get in. You must be sort of in his head, right? So, like, is there any path to a hug? What, with, uh, with Isaac? Well, yeah, you could get the helmet off him. See, that's the hardest part. You know. That's it? You don't even have whoa, to convince him? It's whoa, just a physical boundary? <laughs> Anne? Yes, see? You know that earlier on the last show... Yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but... We already hired a writer for the hug thing. We a bit hasty. What are you doing? Oh, well, that's it. I'm sorry. This interview's over. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm not good at getting jobs or giving jobs. No, I'm back. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> There's nothing. <laughs> okay. The host are gone. <laughs> One life left after dark. <laughs> Anthony, so, uh, we asked our earlier uh, applicant for the for the position of uh, lead narrative artist on our Hugs game. Uh, we asked him what the challenges were in writing for a video game. Perhaps you could answer the same question, and we can compare you. Thank I, re- thank I really thought you were going to ask me about the challenges of writing hugs. <laughs> well, that might be next, yeah. since you've made yeah, it clear yeah. it's so difficult. Yeah, what have I said? Oh, God. The, the challenges, and this is the boring, nerdy bit, the challenges of writing for a video game are that it has to be interactive and somebody is going to actually play your story, and you have to take that into account. You can't just send them on a roller coaster ride where they you know, don't have any influence over the story. Well, you can, but then you've got a rubbish game. But I, w- I would imagine that if uh, the player is taking the role of the lead character, they're placing some of their personality into that character, which is also it's a great thing, but it's also taking that personality away from the character that you create. You have to almost write a uh, vessel for them to fit into. To an extent, in some, you know, it kind of uh, more or less depending on the kind of game. And in a more freeform game like, uh, say, Dishonored, which came out recently, mm-hmm. you know, that is something where you can play the game pretty much however you want and so you would put your own character and personality into it but in a something like an uncharted game where you're playing a, a you know a kind of indiana jones style hero like nathan drake who's very well defined you are the thrill comes from the fact that you are playing this character not from being able to kind of put yourself in his shoes hmm. 
When you have a well-defined character, how far beyond the things that you literally present to people playing the game do you go? Like, do you flesh out who's in their family and where they oh, went to school? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what kind of pancakes they like? Yeah, yeah. What kind yeah. of toys they have? Maybe not so much the pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. You, uh, you come up with so much detail and backstory and world building for any of these. And you, games. with your personal style, and the player style, doesn't see any of it. Do you, you do know? it literally, or do you just? think about it like you have it written down I've heard of people making Facebook profiles for their game I've game never characters. quite gone that far but I do write it all down yeah absolutely mainly because I have a terrible memory uh, from a misspent youth and if I don't write it down I will not remember it <laughs> so the first Dead Space had all of these pretty for a video game um, serious themes in particular the whole idea um, you, it really hit on like religion and like religious zealotry uh-huh. and things like that why did you go that direction well that actually that angle was already there when I got on board that was uh, something that the developers knew they wanted to explore pretty much from the get-go um, my I actually got involved in Dead Space originally to write the comics the prequel comic series um, uh, but I was brought on quite early for that unusually early really certainly at the time um, and then while I was writing the comic series they also asked me if I wanted to write the game and, and so on but those themes that theme of religious persecution the heavy themes of like yeah, self-identity and sacrifice and all that sort of thing they were already there the, the developers already knew that that was something they wanted to explore in the game so I just I just wrote it you know? would, would I be correct in characterizing that there are some disturbing images in Dead Space uh, just a few just a few it's not the sort of thing you want to show to your uh, to your children how do you disturb people uh, well there's a difference between could you dis- disturb us there's a difference between disturbing and frightening you know uh, frightening is very easy boom oh I'm frightened uh, but disturbing, you're know, terrified, I can see. Um, but disturbing is different. Disturbing is making people, uh, you know, getting inside their heads. Um, and, I mean, Lovecraft is, you know, the master of disturbing horror. You know, Why? Because of the concepts that he puts in your mind, you know, and reinforcing the idea that we are all alone in the universe and man is tiny and insignificant. And it's the sort of thing that if you think about it for too long, you know, you do just really start to despair. It's quite depressing. And that's disturbing. But it's kind of tricky, right? Because you have to get that sort of abstract mental concept across to people. But you oh, need to sure. pick details to and, do it, right? And that's why... So how do you do it? That's why more visceral visual media like movies, like comics, like video games are much better at being scary than it being disturbing because that is difficult yeah. to get across I mean, the, way, the, way, the way that love, the way that Lovecraft would describe stuff you just like go on and on about how horrible and, and, then, and then he would be like I just can't never mind it's just too horrible it's terrible there's and a impossible to describe pe- yeah. there's, a, there's a donut of pestilence and entrails dripping internally yeah. <laughs> doing an abyss I can't see beyond but, I just can't deal with it right but you can't really make a movie where you suddenly have like the screen blank this, out yeah, screen so we can't show you this because we can't possibly describe <laughs> it yeah, but in, well in, you could I suppose but. in film you have so much more control over the pacing and the presentation of, of when you present images to people and you can edit and tricks that way so like what what are your um your tools for pacing and uh, pacing is really difficult in in a video game yeah pacing is really difficult in games it's more about you you can pace the kind of the macro what we call the macro story which is sort of the bigger overall story pacing things moment to moment is almost impossible in games but like as a writer you must have some involvement with the developers who are having to decide what the game mechanics are 
Sure, like sure. I not you know it depends from game to game. Yeah. A lot of the time, the story or the narrative won't influence the the gameplay or the mechanics. Sometimes it will. We did on Zombie U, um, but you know a lot of the time like, it like won't. How? Like what um, kind of conversations? Well, would you like have about uh, Zombie U, one of the one of its most famous features is the fact that it has what we call permadeath, which basically means that when your character dies, that character is dead. You don't then come back to life and try again. You start with a completely new character, um, and that's something that came out of the narrative. That's something that not me, the co-writer and story director at Ubisoft, Gabriel Schrager, decided was important to uh, make it feel like something out of the zombie fiction genre. Sure. Um, because, obviously, that's a big part of zombie fiction, is that, you know, when you get bitten, you die, and you're not going to get saved. Uh, and so that really, you know, because of that, the game has permadeath. And that was the subject of a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth, and, shall we say, a spirited debate. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, it turned out great. Yeah. Uh, have you written anything, or do you like writing things that are cheery and joyful? I actually have written two romantic comedies. Because you got oh. such a pleasant smile. I thought maybe you might. <laughs> yeah, no, I have written a couple of romantic comedies, and I've written a couple of children's books. Um, but they're necromorphs and right, yeah, yeah. My, my first space monster. Um, yeah, I just, I just tend to sort of gravitate towards the more serious themes. But I do write other stuff, yeah. If there were no money in the world, right, and you didn't... You, you know that would blow un- my mind unlimited man. foodstuffs and, uh, um, and you basically just, if we lived in Star Trek yeah go, <laughs> yeah. On, go on you could just make any game yeah and it was just like the pure expression of, of what you love what would it be other than the hugging game yeah, apart, yeah, apart from the hugging game, it would actually be one of two. It would either be like the most ridiculously convoluted, uh, detailed story adventure kind of game that you could imagine that would take like 30 years to play uh, and probably that long to make, or it would be a really high-speed, fast-twitch racing game like the old the Wipeout series or the Burnout car driving series. It's crazy, but those are my two favourite kind of games. People look at me a bit weird but I love games like Burnout and SSX and really kind of mindless fast speed those are good games I don't look down on you for liking those I've been playing um, Outrun 2 Coast to Coast 2006 the one by Sumo Digital you should try it yeah you would like Groovy and if you had a third favourite it would be a hugging game a third favourite would be a hugging game definitely a hugging game with Stee's face on it
One Life Left is now broadcasting from a nearly empty Moscone Centre. People are being thrown out left, right and centre, mostly though in front of us where the escalators are. I can see a last group of people slowly ascending. And now that Anthony is gone, it is once again all dolphins, <laughs> which is nice. We are joined by a new guest. Hello. Hi. You were... Your name is? My name is Kara. And you were just on those escalators, were you not? I was stuck at the top of the escalators because my all-access pass, it, it, it's called all-access, but actually it's, uh, it's, it's, it's restricted access. access indeed. So no automatic stairs. In, indeed. So I was stuck at the top of the lift at the escalator just, just waving to Steve. And as I went up to collect Kara, I got halfway up the escalator and she started going, No! Don't go up, up here! You won't be able, to get, to, you won't be able to get back down! But that's not how escalators work. Once you're halfway <laughs> up. <laughs> and I tried my best, but my tiny little go, legs go, all go racing down, down eventually. Down. We talked our way out of the situation, didn't we? Uh, Cara, uh, can you introduce yourself to the listeners? Of course, you've been on One Life Left the last uh, six weeks doing No Continues with us uh, yes. intermittently, haven't you? But some, we may have new listeners now because of uh, Gama Sutra, so you should explain who you are and what yes. you do. Um, well, uh, p- part-time I'm a producer of games at Little Loud, but um, I also am a games journalist and I write for Rock, Paper, Shotgun and PC Gamer and a few other sites Um this week I am writing for The Guardian, actually, um, which will be exciting for me. Um, and, yeah, and this week I have been inter- um, interviewing Steve Gaynor of um, the Fulbright Company. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He uh, he just He's in the middle of making Gone Home, which is um, a really interesting sort of story based game um, it's sort of an exp- exploration game and you're in a house and you have to sort of figure out what's what's happened there and it's sort of um, you're, you're playing a, your character is a teenage feminist which is the coolest thing about it really yeah interesting what has happened um, <laughs> well they've only put I, out I, I'm pretty busy <laughs> <laughs> I understand my yeah. okay um, well I think They've only they've only put out the IGF build, the, the, um, so they've only put out the first hour of the game. So it's actually not entirely clear um, what has gone on, really. Um, it's sort good. of a, an ongoing mystery what's happened in the house because there's no one there when you get there, and you sort of have to figure out from like what the, all the notes and um, diaries and things like that what's what's happened. So what color is Steve Gaynor's hair? Um, I think it's brown. He's Does a he brunette. Seem like a brunette. Yeah. Right. He's 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 pretty cool that guy. He's like a kind of punky looking sort of a bit rock and roll. Yeah. He's really cool. I yeah. like him. We so did talk the other night about uh does game development need more rock stars? Is he a candidate? I think he's a candidate. I think definitely. the conclusion was that we didn't we didn't want rock stars. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want any rock stars. <laughs> so he can frankly Sorry to let you down, Steve. Frankly he can go away. Well, I feel maybe a little bit like rock stars would sort of run around like throwing TVs out of windows and things like that. And that might just make a mess, you know, so that's yeah. not that's just untidy. Could really. you see Steve Gaynor dripping in his own sweat, spinning a double necked guitar around? I could, but I couldn't see him throwing a TV out of a window, so I'm not sure whether he's a candidate. Wait a second. Is one of I am eight bit dead? I might go over and have a little investigation, Steve. From where we're sitting, we described like earlier that, that I am eight bit who are doing these high school photos uh, for GDC, uh, class of GDC. 
where we where we're sitting we can see they've packed away all their equipment but there's there's what appears to be a body it's deceased yeah. a dead one i'm gonna go and check corpse. on <laughs> oh no wait it's moving oh 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 amazing oh it's all right it looks a little it was, ju- it was just someone it having a nap gdc's quite tiring isn't it <laughs> it's very very tiring it's i think he burped it's it's a lot of escalators and people trapped up the top of them. Does he have heartburn in? He looks he has like food yeah. poisoning. Oh, oh, oh my gosh! Oh. Really? Well, that's not good. Well, that kind no. of ruins the I was, fun. I was hoping to come back with a brilliant joke. Yeah. No. This is solemn. Do you have a dirge we could play, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a question. As you know, somebody who considers themselves on the outskirts of gaming, what? Why the hell do people like games where you have to match gems? But they are very popular, aren't they, these gem-matching games? I guess the premise is very simple. I mean, I know you so. have to match something, right? So, yeah. like, it might as well be gems. But when did, it pick, <laughs> I, when I, did they pick gems? No, I mean, those games just made everybody psychotic. And yeah. now they're just trying to organize random uh, little pieces of things that happen to match. Uh, I don't know. I assume the people who like games like that, you know, they had to get obsessed with them. Um, probably like to organize their shoes a lot also yeah i suspect or maybe they like to um vajazzle mm-hmm. actually actually i mean um I, i'm actually kind of joking because there are some good match three games and what they do is they'll do some there's a game called puzzle quest i don't know if you guys played that but mm-hmm. you match stuff and there's like rpg elements so that's what that's how you, that, that's the solution to um reinvigorate any genre <gasps> RPG elements. We add them. Reinvigorate the hugging genre. It hasn't even this. come. It hasn't Imagine. even started yet. No, you got to pace yourself. Uh, we found out that it has started. Apparently, okay. the one where you hug a teddy bear. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I guess imagine, that imagine effort. If you have to if go around that. and match three hugs and get three hugs in a row with people that are consistently awkward. <laughs> or consistently passionate, or consistently firm, or it's consistently all, disinterested. It's already a role-playing because you're playing the role of a creepy <laughs> hugger. <laughs> like a serial mm. hugger. <laughs> serial hugger. It's just giving hugs to everyone. If the, uh, apropos if, of nothing. If the trends at this GDC aren't for uh, match-three games or hugging games, what are they for, Chris? You know, the best, uh, at least the most interesting thing that I've been seeing, and we've reported it on Gama Sutra, is just the way that um, the big kind of old guard console game makers are they're lowering the barriers even more for their platforms. So earlier this week, you had Sony uh, making an announcement at a PlayStation Indies event um, that they're going to be getting rid of things like concept approval which is you you know basically they're trying to make playstation mobile more like the apple app store um where instead of having this long drawn out back and forth between developer and hardware maker um it's just here's the criteria meet all those we'll put it up and then the market will sort itself out so then that just becomes then you get a new problem which is that there are like um, you know, millions, hundreds of thousands of games on an app store, and it's hard to find the games. But I think that's a better problem to have than um, you know than, than blocking everyone, but the most you know, being so exclusive about your platform. Hmm. So Nintendo's trying to do the same thing. So whereas PlayStation says, um, okay, um, we're going to let 
as just meet this criteria and then you can get on the platform. And that's kind of a big step for Sony. Nintendo, um, they're, they, they used to have a rule where you had to have a physical address to develop on a uh, Nintendo platform. So they got rid of that, at least, which is a step. <laughs> so you now know. there's a whole new community of Nintendo drifters <laughs> yeah. who are developing games so, about yeah. living in various so I, I was, hovels. I was, yeah, and I, and I talked to um, a Facebook games guy, and I asked him, and he actually said, well, we actually do require uh, you to have a business address as well uh, for Facebook. And Ooh, it, it well, I mean, corporate. Yeah, but it, it was. He said that so we can actually mail you checks and mail it to my hovel. Yeah, please. That's what I would like. So what everybody I talk to at GDC is working on, has worked on, or wants to work on something that involves a zombie. What's the deal? Oh no, really? It just we seems should, like zombies we not are all have over the place. More zombies. I am so tired of zombies. What's the deal? I, I think all games should have zombies in them. Just somewhere? Yeah. Okay, so you two clearly have very opposite opinions. Fight it out. <laughs> okay. What if one of us dies and then has to come back as a zombie? Do you yes. want us to fight as zombies? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Look, right, we're in a completely empty hall here, right? There's nothing else. There's nothing of interest in this hall. Everything is gone. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a woman standing right there, and she took a photo of the opposite direction to us. Oh, she no. took a photo of the stairs. Maybe she had the uh, camera switched to the inside yeah. one. She was doing a selfie. She was doing a selfie with should us in get, the background. Should we get her over here and ask her if she did? I, I think, think we should. I think that would get... Excuse me. Excuse me. Just for one second. This is really important. She's coming. She does not she's appear coming. to have food poisoning she's either. Not, she's not rushing, though. She doesn't have, she's, she's ambling, not unlike a zombie. Ambling. This she's, could turn out very bad. She thinks she's, she's a zombie. She's ambling, though. Okay. okay. Anne, could you give her your headphones for just a second? Just one second. We have a very quick question for you. This is the official GDC podcast. Yes. We noticed just a moment ago that... You faced in the opposite direction of us and took a picture of an empty stairwell. And <laughs> we postulated that since, you know, we we think we're slightly more interesting than the empty stairwell, that maybe you had your phone on the mode where it was it taking... behind me? Yes, and we just wanted to know if maybe you did. Um, yes. No. You did! <laughs> but, well... Yes. <laughs> All right. So, as a uh, as a follow up question, would you be willing to to take a picture of us in a minute and and uh, oh, sure. just cherish it or whatever? <laughs> I'll upload it to Facebook. Hey, hey, okay. hey! You can you can actually while we have you, we've been talking about hugging games. Oh boy! Is that something that you would play? Would that appeal to you? <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> what, oh. what what turns you off about a hugging game? Have you smelled here around the little? P- <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> What if it was a purely virtual hugging game? Maybe. What's the worst kind of hug to receive? Other a than a sweaty one? Hug? Sweaty hug, yeah. I think that's the best. <laughs> Where you just kind of slide <laughs> off the guy. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, excellent. Thank you so much for... No problem. Yes. Um, I could help. I'll take your picture now. Okay, please yes. do. Yes. <laughs> what are you going to sort of... How are you going to caption it? How will you caption the picture? When you upload it to Facebook... Oh, I'm just on mine, but I can take take you if you got it. No, I'm just no. I'm wondering whether you're going to write a little, you know, what album you're going to put it in. 
In what words? Well, how, what? Just the regular timeline one. Just the timeline one, because <laughs> this is a significant... It'll yeah. say, in four years' time, it'll say, here's something amazing that happened to you today, and you'll be but like... I was there! Yes. you be like, remember before everything went south, there was that picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, sorry. No Figure sorry one, for everything. some cool oh, no, cats. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin McCarthy. Marketing advertising of self. Yes. You're marketing yourself? No. Oh. I'm still a student. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Good luck in your studies. Ocean Palace, a hateful shade, just one of many magnificent ship tunes we've played. Caitlin has wandered off into the distance and is taking genuinely... That's, that's my phone. Genuinely <laughs> taking a photo of the stairs <laughs> on Chris's phone. <laughs> and it is boring. We gave her. We gave someone a job. We did. In fact, she's now being approached by a staff member. <laughs> oh, he what, did he watch it? What is what, now confronting who appears to be Caitlin McCarthy's boyfriend who doesn't know what to make of any of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's back. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. The other things to uh, note that we said we'd try and achieve this week, we thought we would try and uh, push someone or something over. This would be a good time to do that. There's no one here. I am 8 bit stuff is very toppleable but mm. we're nice people and they're our friends and they and called us nice neighbors so we're not going to do that so that's <laughs> they fine. may topple themselves uh, we also said we would get a clip of someone's hair we haven't done that yet steve mm. no hair no hair hey guys <laughs> you're looking at my hair everyone looks at chris this <laughs> was recently cut was it not it was cut yeah so we we have that um on our list of things to do and we need to find a job still <laughs> Who I doesn't, think frankly. that we should go to a Burger King and interview as the three of us Let's and do it. record. Let's do it. Record it. Okay. For real. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, apart from those things, it's going quite well, I think. I think this is going exceptionally well. We've had lovely guests. We continue to have lovely guests. Uh, <laughs> they haven't died. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, as far guy, as we know. That guy over there that With had, the su- food yeah, poisoning. Yeah. He could be dead. Wait a second. We did watch I Am 8-Bit Eat earlier as well, didn't we? Oh, what did what oh, did it yeah. eat? Oh yeah, what did they? Eat? <laughs> did what you guys have that? We use <laughs> what do what you should have asked? So, Chris, what's going on tomorrow? Before yeah. we wrap up the show, tell us what we should be looking forward to tomorrow, please. Oh man, um, I'm, uh, shoot, I, I don't know talk? off the top of my head. I mean, uh, yeah. luckily we have a schedule right here. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do this. Let's do this live. Cool. So, um, He's opening the schedule. The schedule yeah. on the front looks uh, like an interesting metro map. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow is Thursday. I'm looking here. 
Embracing imperfection. I think that we all should go to that. Yes. Well, I, we've been doing that for an hour now. So <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, also, yeah. hugs. Yeah. You, embracing. Uh, embracing imperfection. Yes. That's the name of the game. Man, I think that we would be. It's not a bad I think thing. we. I think we'd be really disappointed if we went there expecting for like design tips on hugging games. We'll wait see. a second. There's, there's. We could ask a question. The there's end. a so wait. This isn't actually about embracing. Goodbye. No, there's there's a there's a subtitle. Um, using style to your advantage. Ooh, Embracing imperfection fashion. using Six style minutes. to your advantage. We have a okay. lot of the first and none of the second. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here's a good one. Um, how about this? Designing a live MMO RPG the first year of Star Wars The Old Republic. Hmm. How about ten <laughs> questions? Yes. Am I ready? Yep. Oh, damn it. Ten, like ten questions, <laughs> but apparently they already used one. So, ten questions. Am I ready to go indie? So, there's nine more after that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just listen to you read the schedule, like, pretty much for All maybe right. well, two let's, hours. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. Can we just see how sure long people, we can keep it up? <laughs> I want to make sure people are apprised of, of Thursday's happening, so maybe yeah. we should check out a few more. Oh, look at this one. Oh, lunch. Oh, what is that? <laughs> How to mix a video game? How to mix a video game? Mix it with what? Like a cocktail? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, and not die trying. Oh, how about this one? How to handle heartburn or food poisoning from GDC? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How to appear to be a corpse. So there's a lot of sessions on. There, 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 there really are. I mean, there's a lot here. There's one here about Diablo 3. There's one... Uh, there, they're taking a look back at Sim City. Caitlin McCarthy uh, is teaching a course on stair photography. <laughs> <laughs> There's also stair photography. Oh, um, Bill Budge, um, a game industry uh, veteran. That's an awesome um, classic one. game postmortem. Pinball construction set. Really? <gasps> oh, what is that? I want to go to that. Well, why don't you go what, to it? Okay, what do you think pinball construction set is? <sighs> Come I mean, on. it's either that there are components of pinball machines all to get around, mm-hmm. and as a group we get to put them together into a pinball machine, mm-hmm. or it's sort of a hodgepodge talk in which different elements of pinball construction are presented to me, and I glaze over. I think Bill Budge is just going to throw silver balls at the audience as hard <laughs> as he can. Oh, uh, I'd love to be ball budged. <laughs> Budge balled? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that would be fun. But really, I think pinball is one of the most... It's what the thing in gaming that I am the most sad to see kind of petering out. Because to me, I feel really overexposed to displays, to like seeing things on a screen, on a glowing rectangle. In fact, I call going on my computer and my phone rectangling. Because you're just in front of so many glowing rectangles all the time. And to me... The fact that they go rectangling. <laughs> I'm going to rectangling today. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so, uh, just to me, the fact that when you're playing a pinball machine, you're actually making something happen physically makes a really big psychologically di- psychological difference to me. Mm. Uh, that I'm actually making something physically move, and unfortunately, that makes it expensive to maintain. Uh, I f- feel the same way about theme park rides. I don't want to see projected stuff. I want to see something that actually occupies space and moves and like that I can interact with. And there's parallax when I move my head and I, and I see things change. You know, it's the same for me in hugging games. Yeah. I don't want to play an on-screen hugging game. No. I want that 
you know, that I want to contact. smell the Steve, musk are of a you man saying that you want just... to hug a teddy bear? Because... Yeah, that sounds like a great... I... Oh... Uh, there is a there's a there's a sex in video games talk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sex in pinball. Oh, wait a second, that's sex with video games. I'm sorry, <laughs> but there is a se- there is a, a sex in video games talk <laughs> uh, by a gentleman. Nescar <laughs> are notoriously David poor Gator. lovers. <laughs> <laughs> David Gator from Bioware is going to talk about um, um, sex in video games. Okay. Getting budge balled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should try and get him on the show. And then we should try and get him on the show. And then we should try and get him on the show. And then get him off. I feel like I'm tangled show. up in euphemism right now. <laughs> just stressing, just stressing. <laughs> You're just embracing imperfection. I'm embracing imperfection. I think we've reached the end of the show. A natural close. <laughs> sure seems like it. <laughs> I mean, there is there are only security guards left in the whole building. Everyone else has gone to drink. They seem to be giving to us IGF awards. the benefit of the doubt that we have a reason Not to IGF be Not IGF awards. If IGF it, awards? What awards? There, there, there's the Independent Game Festival awards and then there's the Game Developers Choice Awards. And um, which one's the best one? Um, yeah, give an award to one if you had to. Okay, if I'm going to give an award to one... In the you know, I, I, can't, I can't judge it like before mm, I actually see the awards, but... I can update tomorrow. Please, tomorrow. That'll you have great. to let us know which the good awards were. Okay. One will be a winner, one will be a loser. But truly, at this point, if you are still here, you are either a security guard or a food-poisoned corpse. So with that, <laughs> we leave you to choose which one you prefer. Or a student wandering around taking pictures of stairs. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. Bye.